You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here, and I am talking money with Liz Sowers. She has worked as a client-facing financial coach professionally for well over a year, but has been casually coaching her community for over a decade, for over a decade from behind her hairstylist chair. After the pandemic hit, she decided to step out from behind the hairstylist chair and take her financial coaching to another level. In 2020, Liz established Sowers Consulting LLC, a consulting firm providing personal finance education and solutions to women all over the United States. Presenting, she provides one-on-one and group coaching services to women and couples, as well as online personal finance courses. Liz's mission is a, as a financial coach is to help hardworking women secure their financial futures so that they can experience less financial stress and more abundance in their lives. Definitely check out her link to her website below. And she is in Kansas city, Missouri, about like four hours away from me. So that's pretty cool. I, I, you know, I talk to people all over the place, so it's cool to have somebody that's not so far away. Um, but yeah, how are you like, when you decided to do this, I know you had told me some stuff before, but I think that's really valuable for the listeners. Um, what was like the big wake through moment? Like I need to do this as a business. Yeah. So I I think really just seeing what the pandemic did, what kind of havoc, havoc it wreaked on everyone. Um, I have a lot of, because I'm an entrepreneur, I run in a circle of a lot of entrepreneurs that tends to happen. Um, and I was watching many of them lose their businesses and in, in my heart, like I'm, I'm always, I've always come from a place of trying to serve. I always have since I was a little girl. So it, it was very heart-wrenching to see people that I knew that have worked very hard to build these things, like everything came tumbling down. So, um, and some of them had been guests in my hair chair. Like some of them were clients of mine as a hairstylist. So I just had that moment where I was like, you know, I have a finance background. I have a finance degree. I was doing this informally already a little bit from behind the chair. You know, when you're in a hairstylist chair, you talk about all the things, right? So I, I had that moment where I was like, I could, I could do this. I could help, I could help people. And that's really what it came from. That's where it stemmed from. So I researched and figured out what I needed to do to be legit about it. And, and then I did it. So, and here I am. That's awesome. Um, because yeah, the pandemic definitely turned the world upside down, yeah. like in a lot of people's worlds upside down. Um, now I know that you set up your life a specific way in your twenties so that in your thirties, you weren't feeling the same type of overwhelm 
and um, scarcity that others were experiencing during the pandemic. Can you go into a, a little bit of the things that you did to help prepare yourself for this? Yeah, sure. So um, it was like my late 20s when I really cl- it clicked for me and, and moving into my early 30s, for sure. It's not something that happened overnight. You know, I don't know anyone who has that kind of a, a journey with their money. Um, but I, I came from a place of just if you think about it, having healthy finances or having um, healthy habits with your money, there's there's certain pillars that go along with that, right? So, and it's the same across the board, like making sure you understand what you, what you bring in every month, um, making sure that you keep your debt that you owe other people or other companies low, zero, you know, would be ideal, but lower, um, making sure that you are saving. I had, I love this one. I had a, uh, financial personal finance teacher in high school that always would tell us pay yourself first. And until I got to that point in my life, when I was ready to receive that, I didn't really understand what that meant, but that is like a golden nugget of information. there. just paying yourself first, meaning saving when you get your paycheck, taking a certain percentage of of it and putting it into savings for you, um, for your future self, if you will. Um, and you know, making sure you understand if you are choosing to invest and do those types of things, understand what you're investing in or have a professional that can walk you through that. Um, those are the pillars that healthy money management are based off of. And that's kind of where my husband and I started, you know, just looking at, at those and looking at where we were at in our life and trying to make sure we got on a path to get to those places, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. It absolutely, it absolutely makes sense. And, you know, just, I myself, I'm getting into the better habit of like, because before at my day job, it was like, it would automatically just deposit into my savings account, 10%. Nice. And, um, but now like that, I don't work at my day job anymore since I left and I'm like, still working food above and then coaching. It's just like, I just have to manually put that in. It's just like tithing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but then like with the, with, the cost of everything with inflation, it's just like, whoa. So like, how do you have like remain in a, an abundance mindset with this stuff going on? Cause I mean, I've got my own tactics, but you, you're the finance lady. (laughs) Well, I will tell you as silly as it is. And sometimes my husband even reminds me of this. Um, I, I, struggle with that one the most of all of the things that one has to do to really get right with their money. The mindset piece is, is the thing that I struggle with the most, which in my mind, I feel like makes me a better coach at it because I have to work on it daily. And sometimes from moment to moment, to be honest with you, um, especially lately with all of the stuff, like you said, things are crazy. Inflation is crazy. Um, people are quitting their jobs left and right. Uh, things are just in general taking longer, um, because of all of the things happening in our world. So, um, the, the thing that I have had to put into action to really keep my, um, myself in check when it comes to my mindset is I have a little morning ritual where I sit down and I have affirmation cards, um, that are geared toward my, towards my finances, you know, little money affirmation things, uh, sayings, quotes. Yeah. And I sit down, I pick one and sometimes I'll feel in the mood to write. Sometimes I don't, if I do, I journal about that affirmation, um, or just my intentions for the day and just kind of get my, 
my headspace right, you know? And even if it's not related to your money, I feel like that's not a bad habit to have when you start your day, you know, feet on the floor, get yourself in a good headspace. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really crucial when you're on what I call the wealth journey, when you're on a journey to get right with your money, to, to develop healthier habits around your money, um, you gotta be in the right headspace for sure you do. And so you have to find whatever works for you. There's no right or wrong way. You just have to find what works for you. Thank you for your authenticity with that answer. Yeah. And, and seriously, just like for sharing that, like, and, and the tips of like what you actually do, um, because I, I have like, I have a few affirmations myself. Like one of mine is, um, I attract abundance. And the funniest thing is when you start to see it, like actually happen in your life. And then like, it's, it's so funny. Like I'm, I'm really more mindful of the conversations I'm having with people. And if there's any lack or scarcity mindset coming from them, I'm just like, okay, I, I can't even, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. cause I can't, I can't contaminate. Like right now I got to be yeah. focused, you know, <laughs> and um, <laughs> especially like being an empath. Like, I don't know if you relate to that at all. I do. Yeah. But like when you're around those energies, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, so like, what are some other things that you like help your clients with when it comes to like, let's say I come to you, I've got like a hundred thousand dollars in consumer debt. Mm -hmm. I have, um, I'm, I, I was laid off. Um, I've got barely any savings and I, I just, I need help. Where would you start that person? Sure. Um, I will tell you the biggest thing. And I love that you asked this because the biggest thing, the biggest mistake people make with their money is when they're in a situation like that, they have debt, they've been laid off. They have no savings. They try to like, okay, let me Google. Let me see what I'm going to do. And they find somebody and they look at the system and they say, okay, I gotta, I gotta do these things. They're telling me I gotta do these things. And what they're doing is they're trying to fit their situation into like a canned thing. It's, it's not, it's not ideal because what's going to happen is you're going to, it's not going to work for you, or you're going to get a little bit into it and realize, oh my God, this is what is happening. I'm not in a place. So the way that I coach is that I meet you where you are. And I think that's the most important thing to do. Even if you're doing this on your own with no coach, meet yourself where you're at. Okay. You're in a place where you have debt. You're in a place where you have not enough savings and you've just lost your job. So what do you do? First thing you do, you take care of what people might refer to as your four walls. You take care of keeping a roof over your head, keeping clothes on your back, keeping food in your tummy and some kind of transportation to get to whatever job you are looking for. That's like the biggest thing. So we start there. We make sure that we can meet those needs and everything else doesn't matter at this point. It can all be picked up in the wash at some point. Um, and the biggest thing about someone in that situation is just to keep, I don't want to say keep your expectations low, but give yourself some grace, right? Give yourself some grace. Um, you're in a situation that won't last forever, even though in the moment it feels pretty, uh, pretty much like you're drowning. Mm -hmm. So, um, meet yourself where you are, give yourself grace and just start a plan. Okay. So get your basic needs met and then start looking for work. And, um, if you have any extra to put into savings at that point, that should be where your brain is, is, is save, 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 but most likely taking care of just the basic needs or where you're, where you should focus at that point. Yeah. And do nothing other than look for employment and, you know, maybe it's not an ideal job, but at where you're at, what you can get is, is more important 
right now, whatever you can find that works for you and gets money in the bank, we can address other things later, right? Like it's not going to be your forever job. Absolutely. And you know what? The benefit of that happening right now is that the search for talent is extremely high right now. Competition for talent is super high. So a lot of people that don't even have the same amount of experience that they would necessarily need to have two, three years ago are still landing those higher paying jobs. So there is hope out there when it comes to gaining employment. Um, and you know, just being resilient in, in that feat for it. I tell you, like (laughs) I had three different tables. I work fine dining. So the conversations that are had, listen, I got to say, I just got to tell you this one lady, I was, I was serving her, their, their bill was like 400 something dollars. It was just the two of them. And, um, her and her husband, they were celebrating like Valentine's day, his birthday, he owned a construction company. So since I used to work in, um, a manufacturing, the manufacturing industry, I was able to talk about, um, you know, oh my goodness, how are you doing bids right now? Because the cost of uh, raw materials is so high. I know that, you know, the last time I checked, steel went up by 70%, you know, so I could talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and then we're just talking about like, I was like, you know what? And the cost of um, food based off of the last um, Super Bowl, like, cause I read this statistic was tw- is you're paying 20% more now for Super Bowl food. Granted, I was working on Super Bowl Sunday, so I wasn't even like, I I didn't care about that. But, (laughs) and the lady, how she answered, and this is how you know how people got money. I wonder what people that have to budget are doing. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I want your type of money one day, girl. (laughs) I didn't say that. I was just like, you're so blessed to not even have, I said, that's another thing that you're so blessed with to not even to just have to wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I want those problems. Those are the problems I want to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, I think it, it comes to counting your blessings and, and like that sense of it. Now you got different, there's always different problems, yeah. but I, I just, I, th- I, it's so funny how people talk that have and people that say they want, but do they really want? Like, do you notice how some of your clients speak about their situation? Mm. I mean, you have brought up a very valid point. So, and this kind of ties into the whole mindset thing, but our language um, that we use centered around our money says a lot. And um, even if we're working on getting better at that and trying to shift our mindset and trying to make our financial situation better. If we keep using negative language like that, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. No matter how hard you try, that's one of the things you really have to shift. Um, and you are so right. People that, that don't have those issues that have a healthy relationship with their money and they, they are at a place that's really great. They don't use that same language. That's a huge difference that I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to, but it, and I like to equate money with, um, dietary stuff, like health things. Like people say, like, if you're going to, if you're overweight and you're going to lose weight, if you keep talking badly to yourself, or if you keep, um, saying negative things, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like it doesn't happen. So the same thing can be said for your money as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the affirmations I had to to have was that I save a certain amount of money, you know, 
um, because saving money was not, not a thing for me. What are some of the books that you've read, um, that you suggest to your clients? So I have, I have one that I want to read. Like this is on my list because like five different people have told me about this one. The last podcast I um, guest appearance I did. She was like, have you read this book? And I'm like, how have I not read that book? So it's called the psychology of money. That's the next one on my list. Um, but there's so many books out there. This last, um, I guess it would have been, yeah, it would have been this last summer. I went to the library and I just checked the library and was probably like, Oh God, here she comes again. I kept checking books out, um, that were finance related because first I wanted to see like what was out there, what's written, what are people seeing? And a lot of them say the same things. Um, but that's, that's okay. I mean, that means that, uh, there's a lot of resources out there. So I think, um, I think my favorite ones have been, I tend to gravitate towards a lot of Dave Ramsey or his personalities, uh, the people that are on his team. I don't know. That's kind of where my background was. And, and I gravitate towards them. Uh, there's one that Chris Hogan had, I don't know that he wrote it, but that he co-produced it or whatever. It's called The Everyday Millionaire. And mm-hmm. I love it because it is not necessarily a book like here's what you need to do, but it's a book of stories of people that are that are millionaires, but they're like normal people. They're like my people. They're they're like teachers and and electricians and people that aren't famous athletes and doctors and stuff like that. And it's their story. And I, I feel like when we're reading about our money, it really helps to read inspirational stuff like that. Because a lot of us, when we're starting that journey are in a place that we just feel like it can never be done. We feel like it's almost an impossible feat. So that's one of my favorites because of the fact that it has so many stories in it. And it just, by the end of the book, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I think there's several in there from a teacher, from teachers. And I'm, in my mind, I'm married to an educator. So we know what kind of money they make, unfortunately. And um, it's fascinating that just normal folk like that can get to a point where they are are technically a millionaire. So that that would be my favorite one, the everyday millionaire. Um, But there's there's so many out there, but I don't know if I can pick just one Olivia, but if I had to, that would be the one. That would well, be the one. Thanks so much. I, yeah. I love all the resources. I'm, I think I haven't read that one, but I've definitely listened to Chris Hogan mm. and Dave Ramsey. Um, yeah. I'm very familiar with, with though, like that whole group of, um, people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love to have extra resources for the listeners and for myself to, you know, up my money mindset. Um, what are some misconceptions about money that women have? Um, this topic I could talk on for a very long time because this is like the basis of what I, this is, I coach women. Like I work with women and I've had people ask me that before. Like, why do you, why is it so important for women versus men or, but I feel like it's important to notice uh, that historically, at least in our country, historically, finances in general, that industry, that idea, that concept has been geared towards men. Mm-hmm. And only until recent years is there representation from the female sort, which I am like super excited about. I want to see lots more of that because it's important. Like if you think about it, I never remember the exact year, but it's like the late sixties, early seventies up until that time, 
women couldn't even open a bank account by themselves mm-hmm. it, without their husbands going in. Um, so it's, things are still changing and shifting. And um, it's, it's important for women to take their money seriously. Like uh, there's that old school idea of like, well, my husband can handle it. He handles the finances. Um, it's important though, to know what you have, like what income is going on in the household, what expenses are going on in the household for many reasons. One, and unfortunately people, women have learned this the hard way. And I have coached someone uh, through this situation, but what if you're widowed at an age that you don't expect to be widowed? Um, and your husband has handled all of the finances and you know nothing about it. Like it leaves you, you're in a place of trying to grieve and then you have that stacked on top of it. So that's just one example. Um, but it's, it's very important. And you could equate divorce for the same reason. Like what if something happens and you don't end up being with your spouse long-term and you don't know any of the things that are going on with your finances. There's so many things that could go wrong. So those, those are really important reasons for you to understand what you're making, what your husband's making or your spouse is making, um, and what you're spending on all the things and how much debt you have and how much savings you have, get a, get an idea of what your net net worth is. Those are all important things for women to know. Again, I am a little bit of a feminist at heart, but I think the reason that I'm I feel so passionately about that is because there are so many things that could happen that we would just be left kind of high and dry, if you will. And so, you know, I don't want to see anybody in that position for sure. So. Absolutely. I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, like a solo podcast where I was talking about um, what I consider to be a successful woman and being in charge of your money was one of those, was one of those things. Like, knowing what's coming in, what's going out, like how much you can, you know, play with investing it properly, all of those stuff, like being financially healthy is something that I see amongst the successful women that I, um, you know, aspire to be like, and you know what, I'm not saying they have to be millionaires. And I made it clear in that too. It's just, they know what's going on. Like they can't end up out on the street. Like they're securing themselves. Um, And I mean, they're stay-at-home moms that make sure that they're, they're secure in their position. Um, So I'm not, this is not against any woman that is not out of the, working out of the home. Um, You know, just before we got on here, I I believe that taking care of children is a full-time job and one that I have put off for a long time, but, (laughs) but it's, it's still, um, knowing, okay, this is our family money. This is how much I can spend on this, not overcharging the credit cards, not over, you know, and I understand that things are a hard situation and stuff like that, but that's just, you know, my little tidbit. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely important for us to be aware. Just even awareness is, is just one, one thing that you could do just to be aware is important. Um, I feel like you said something I was going to touch on it, but now I can't remember Olivia. I'm so sorry. You're <laughs> um, I guess. So the next question I have for you is, yeah, we talked about, and I'm, I will say I'm not, I'm a traditional feminist as I believe in equality. Yes. That's the, the word feminist has been thrown under the rug 
and is no longer the definition. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I mean, you're, you're married. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't hate men. No, I don't hate men. Yeah. No, (laughs) it is not being a feminist does not mean you hate men. And when I say it, you know, but it's like, we can never say that's another thing. There's so much political correctness in the world. Yeah. I'm just like, how, how? Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're right. When you use that word feminist, you have to be really careful because some people might think you're like very radical in in that. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I think representation, equality, that's very, very important. Very important. Yeah. When it um, comes to how much, like how long are your programs? So do you have like a three month program, six month program? What's coaching look like with you? Yeah. So I have... um, I have an online course that's like a DIY situation because there are some people that don't want that fact that what I call the accountability factor of a coach. But when I work with someone, I work in my coaching program, I work with them one-on-one and it's a six month program. I had started when I very, very first started doing this, I just did one-off sessions and I thought, Oh, that'll be great. But I found And I don't know why I didn't have this epiphany before, but I just found like people didn't get the traction that they needed um, because the accountability factor wasn't there. So doing a longer term program really helps them get that traction and get good habits in place so that when the program's over, um, they have options for like check-in accountability, but they can like take the wheel and do it themselves at that point. Um, because they've been working together hand in hand, me guiding the way, um, for six months. So yeah, my one-on-one program is six months. I love that. Also because, you know, everybody's been like stuck with this like 21 day fix trend <laughs> and, you know, to build, you know, that's what it takes to build a habit. Like, yeah. Hey, that's crap. That's complete mm. crap. Um, what you want with your finances is a lifestyle change. What yes. you want with your fitness is a lifestyle change. Yes. It takes you some time to be open and, and, and welcome to that. But I hope that the people listening to this and watching this realize that if you want real change in your life, it's going to be longer than, especially in the major areas, yeah. love, money, business, like <laughs> you, yeah. you're, you're going to have to put in time, investing that time, um, in, in these areas is so important to actually make them true habits. Yeah. It is not an overnight change at all, at all. And like you said, you, you said equating it to fitness again, like if, you know, when someone is on a weight loss journey or a health journey, it doesn't take four weeks. I mean, it takes, it takes months, sometimes years to get to the end product. And when you get there, there's still the factor of like trying to keep that maintenance. Right. So that happens the same with your money. You, you take a while to get to that point, your end goal, but then there's still the maintenance because let's be honest, there's always temptation in our world. There's always temptation to spend money everywhere. You look people. I mean, that's what marketing is. People, people have jobs. That is their job to learn, to sell you things. Um, and some of them are very good at it. So it's everywhere. So it's not just about getting to your goal, but being able to learn how to, like you phrase it, have that lifestyle change that lasts for forever, basically. And I mean, I, I understand like, especially if you're just working six months with, with a person, you're not trying, 
your your over your four impacts over income. You're trying to help them build those habits for their financial freedom, yeah. for that success that they're looking for in the area of their finances. And money is not everything, but it supports everything that we that values us. Yeah. That that you know we value in life. It supports you know being especially in America like I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be homeless. I volunteer with the homeless, but I don't want to be there. Like, <laughs> I need money to pay my mortgage. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no getting around that. Yeah. And I didn't have a trust fund, you know? Right. So, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just one of those things like you just have to do. And I love, I love that your um, program is really one of those, and you didn't even have to say it. I can tell, you know? Yeah. And I I try to get that across to, to the women that I work with. And I've, I've been asked this question before by a a personal, close personal friend, like, well, you seem very obsessed with money and I'm not obsessed with it, but to me, it's a tool that can do a lot of change. And I'm a person, like I said earlier in the conversation, I love to serve and I can't, do that to the capacity that I want to without that tool, you know, that, I mean, I can give my time all day long, um, but there's only so much time in a day. Right. So to me, I always go back to thinking of money as a tool. It's, it's like an exchange of energy. It is not something that I uh, worship or, or am greedy about. Um, I just know that on my heart and in my mind, like how much I want to give, to this world, I want to leave it a better place than I found it. And money is one of those things that can, can make that happen. And so that's why I, I feel very passionate about it, but you're, you're right. It is, it is just a tool to make things happen. Right. And it's funny, like you're obsessed with our, you're not obsessed, but people will look <laughs> at you and be like, you're obsessed with money. Well, you're a money coach. People yeah. look at me and be like, oh my God, you're so crazy about your time. I'm a productivity. Like I, I <laughs> coach people on productivity, like, come on now. So like, yes, I'm very like time management is a really big thing to me. Um, so it's, it's, but that's just, I guess it just goes to show like, you know, like that's what you do. That's what you focus on. Um, and you know, you'll have those conversations more naturally and people are so uncomfortable with money. Oh girl. <laughs> so to get people to open oh. up about that, they're just like, Oh, do I, do I really have to talk about this? It's such a vulnerable, emotionally charged conversation, anything about money. Like, and I think it's because in society we've been taught, like, especially women, I don't know, I'm speaking from my own experience, you know, you're told like, Oh, you know, that's rude. Don't talk about how much you make or don't that's, that's rude, hon. And I just, I hate that. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be considered rude. Like that's the conversation we need to be having amongst each other. Um, it's just so in my brain, it seems so strange, but I mean, generations before, like that's, that's how, how they did things. They just didn't talk about it. Um, to talk about it was rude. It was inappropriate. But yeah, it's not only that, but it is vulnerable. People feel some people, I have had clients like get visceral reactions, like just like, oh, I'm breaking out in hives now having to talk. Like I can see it as I'm coaching them. And I'm just like, whoa, wait a second. Let's, we got to, and I will, I will point, I will point this out. A lot of that reason for that reaction to it, I think is sometimes we all have different money stories. 
Mm-hmm. Some of, some of us were brought up differently around money than others. And that, that basically creates how we act around it as adults too. So those money stories are important to recognize and respect that that's where you came from and kind of be able to shift that. But I think that's part of what makes the subject of money very vulnerable and, and emotionally charged. Um, but that's why I'm on this mission too, because I, I want to change that. I think that should be changed for, for our world and for our baby's world. So. Absolutely. And you know, this, uh, this actually happened yesterday. I was listening to a podcast. Um, it was about Christians that, um, and they were in business and, um, one of them was a therapist and the other one was a coach. And they brought up this thing about Catholicism that, and and the money mindset that comes with being raised Catholic. Now I was born a Buddhist, but my mother was born Catholic and she grew up in a Catholic household and, um, like, you know, going to Catholic school and she's been trying to avoid Catholicism for the longest. Cause she's just spiritual. She's not a Christian. Like I was, you know, born a Buddhist. I'm a Christian now, but I, I go to, um, my church wants us to have abundance. We are not told to be poor, yeah. you know, like, but a lot of people, like a lot of Catholicism is that way. So it, it was an epiphany to me because for the longest, I didn't know where my mom's money mindset came from. And then all, all that she happened to call me and I, I probably pissed her off. I was like, <laughs> like, mom, you, your, your poverty mindset probably came from Catholicism. <laughs> she was like, what you think I have a poverty mindset? I'm like, mom, you're always saying, um, I'm like growing up. She would, I'm like, I've done so much work on my money mindset because of every, of how I grew up and everything. And you would always say, nobody has money like that. And like, she, she, like, I'm like, mom, what you say matters. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. I'm like, mom, so you have to speak abundance into your life. But I'm like, I think that it's time that you like go and like do some work on that Catholicism stuff because (laughs) (laughs) sorry if I'm triggering anybody, but you know what, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're wondering about your money mindset, maybe you need to look at the influence that you influences that you've had, not just in your home, but the other places that you heard them from. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I like to do that in the first couple of sessions with a client for sure is ask them about their money story, figure out where they're coming from, because that plays in a lot to their current relationship with their money for sure. So that's, that's some work that should be done by everyone for sure. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't, I feel like, it's just something that I'm going to have to work on for a very long time. Um, and I, I had an, I had a guest on that's from South Africa. She's a um, self-made multimillionaire and she just recently, she franchised her business. She recently opened her 32nd wow. store. Wow. Um, and, but she proposed this question to me about what enough was. And I believe that everybody has an enough question for her. It was more so like, how much is enough money? You know, for me, it's what's doing enough to feel, you know, I I feel like at some where in someone's life, they have an enough question that they need to answer. And I think when it comes to money too, a lot of people might have that 
how much is enough money to feel safe, secure? Because they're looking for these other feelings that money kind of helps with, but don't really, but it's just like, you know. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I've, I've never really thought about it like that, but that's valid. That is definitely valid. You're enough question. I like that. You should definitely ask your clients that like, be like, you know, how, how much would be enough? You know, I might, I might be asking that now. (laughs) Like we have to realize the goals that we're reaching for. Yes. Yeah. For ourselves. Oh yeah. From like, for me, so many people like, I don't ever feel like I do enough. I'm not, you know, and I used to be like that. Like why, you know, when do I feel like I'm doing enough? And then I'm like, I never defined what enough was. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to have enough money. How much is enough? But what is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. Especially when you're goal setting, you have to be specific. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to put a number or a time amount or something measurable on that for sure. Yeah. Especially like when you're att- attaching things to like your, your self-worth mm-hmm. and when a lot of people attach their self-worth to their net worth and that like people might act real brand new with money but they were really that way, but they just get to exude those, you know, personality traits more so now versus if they weren't even attached to money in that same way. Yeah. I am one of those that have struggled with the self-worth versus uh, net worth equating each other. Um, that's actually one of my affirmations is that I am worthy of making more money. You know, it's a, it's a whole journey that I've had to go through. <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know if people think about that. I don't know if when, you know, they just think, oh, it's money. What is that? But there's so much in in your head. There's so much here and in your heart that definitely goes along with that for sure. Like the people that, you know, want to become millionaires. There's a difference with the ones that believe that they can Mm -hmm. versus, and we talked about this earlier, you know, versus the ones that, that do and the ones that are like, that's never for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just be, and sometimes it's just because they think it's not possible because of what their money story is or how they were brought up. And they're like, they've already put it out of their mind that that's an option. It's not even an option anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty insane what happens when we change our minds and when we set our sights on things and we do the work to get to those things, it's, it's pretty amazing what, what humans are capable of for sure. Yeah. So last question, I want to hear about one of your success stories. Okay. Um, like mine personally, or Or one of your clients. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one of my favorite clients that I've worked with. Um, she was a hairstylist, which I think that's why I'm just drawn to that, to creative women. Um, she, was a hairstylist that pivoted out, pivoted out of being a hairstylist into nursing. She wanted to serve in a different way. And she was a divorced single parent with three uh, young girls. And she was just trying to navigate that, that world of being divorced, switching careers, like going from a career that's basically you can make whatever you want. Like as a hairstylist, you work more, you make more. That's the amazing thing about that job into the nursing field, which isn't a bad paying field, but it's, it's paid differently. You're, you're paid differently. So just trying to navigate that and trying to figure out like, what even is a budget? Like she hadn't ever, I call it a spending plan when I coach because 
people are less afraid of those words, but that means budget. So she had, she never really done that maybe in the past, but it hadn't stuck. There's that thing again, like it, it hadn't become a lifestyle change. Um, and she was making good money and she had this, has this goal of working for a home, right? She wants to purchase her first home. So because of the divorce, there were like some bad credit issues. So just sitting down and, and working with her through a six month program, which she actually signed up for another one after that, which I was like, whoa, okay. Um, but she was really serious about making this a lifestyle change. And what I saw her do in just even the first six months of working together, I mean, she went from someone who didn't ever know how much she was bringing in the household, didn't know what was going out. And she was the only one doing all of this. So, you know, you'd think it would be easier for her to do that because she's making it and spending it, but it just wasn't happening. She went from that place where she was struggling, like not knowing how she was going to pay for things, having high schoolers. And there's a lot of expenses that go along with that girls too. So we can imagine we're expensive creatures. So, um, and in six months time, she had saved, you know, not just a thousand, but thousands of dollars towards this down payment. She had made the pivot from never budgeting to now she was doing it on her own, uh, tracking what she was making and what she was spending, uh, telling her money, what to do for her, which is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. Um, and she, even during that time was able to cash flow, like pay with for cash and not a credit card, um, two vacations that she wanted to go on that she had been planning, not sure if she could take them. And we, we figured it out. We made it work. Um, let's see what else. I know there was one other thing. Um, oh yes. So her, her debt issues, her collection issues, we work through those, you know, those, those are always a little little squirmy having to deal with stuff in collections. Like there's things that you have to do. It's like a little dance, if you will. Um, but she was able to clean up some of that too and get to a place where she's almost at the point where she's saved what she needs to, um, but has put on pause because I mean, let's look at the, mar- the housing market. Like who wants to buy a house right now? <laughs> because you're paying an exuberant amount of money for a house. So uh, she put pause on that, but she made it like she's getting, she got to that point where things had shifted. Her mindset had shifted for her behavior, her habits had shifted. Um, and it's really amazing as a coach, like this is my favorite part is sitting back because I'm not doing the work. I'm just guiding, right? That's what coaches do. We guide uh, for people that maybe need a little light to see the path, right? And she did all this work and she made this huge transformation. And it's fascinating that a lot of times when you coach someone, they don't see those wins. It takes someone from the outside to be like, wait a second, you just ran right past the fact that you are doing this now and you hadn't been for the last year. Hold on. Like you need to have a mini celebration here. Like it's, it's insane. So yeah, that's, that's my favorite, um, example of uh, what I've seen as a coach. Like that's my favorite situation for sure. Cause it was such a big transformation. I love that. I love that so much. It just made me think of a reel that you should do. Like that one reel that's like, hold on. You're not going to just pass by that. Yes. I think it's Kevin Hart. I love that one. Oh girl. I love that one. I'm afraid to do reels. No lie. Like I've never done a reel. I feel old when I pick up a piece of technology and try to use things. I'm not even 40 yet, but I, I don't know how to do a reel. That's something I need to look into, educate myself on. I like to watch them. (laughs) 
<laughs> they are so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're so when we get done with this, I'm gonna have to tell you about okay. how to do them really okay. quick. Okay. <laughs> but I I love that client win. Um and I, I can relate to that because like when you are making tip money and money, money like that, where you're getting paid on a consistent basis versus like having to like, wait to get your money. It's different. It really is. Like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a different, and even though like she never really had to budget, like she never had to come up because she's like, okay, let me just make more money. Like, let me just go (laughs) collect more money. It's two different worlds. Yeah. It really is. And even though like nursing pays well, it's still like, well, and when you're not even realizing how much you made before and you're constantly dealing with cash and stuff on a credit card, like, or not a credit card, but a debit card too, you know, stuff in the bank account and you got cash. Like, it's just like, you don't always count it up, especially if it's not a habit for you. And I love that you've like, like helped her make all these changes. And I mean, I worked with a personal trainer for a year. And I think, you know, and I've worked with business coaches and stuff like that too, but having that extra level of accountability when you're getting started should not like, it's something that's so undermined when it comes to doing these things. Yeah. Like a lot of people can't like, they don't have the diligence, like first comes discipline, then comes consistency. And then it's diligence. First, People don't even have a seven second attention span. It's like it's, it's getting harder and harder for people to do these things. Yeah. Um. So it's like, there's, there's more, you're going to be needed more and more. Well, that's the hope. I, I want to have a huge impact. So I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> hopefully my people will find me. Yeah. Cause I mean, finances are still not being taught in schools. No, and that blows my mind, Olivia. I mean, some schools do, but not not enough. Okay, the schools that do it though are typically in the areas. Okay, I'm so glad you said that because I didn't know how to say that the right way. But like, my mom uh, works at a school that's in a very urban district, and they don't really have a lot of that going on. Versus the school that I went to, you know, a little podunk town, but it it was it was a different demographic. So you do see that difference. And, and the demographics and as well as like the, who, how involved the parents are at the school, how, how, what the tax brackets looking like, you know, like it's, it's a lot of, um, that, that goes into it. Like I went to a good school, but we only had like, we had one, um, class, like that was kind of like a personal finance. And it's like, okay, but it was not in, depth like one of my friends that lived in Pennsylvania I think who like the teacher his high school teacher taught him how to invest in stocks wow the whole class <laughs> invest learn how to invest in stocks and dude yeah. is not even working anymore he's just <laughs> he's just like got a bunch of crypto but that's what happens when you tell such an impressionable brain like look, if you do this, this can happen. Like the idea, the concept of compound interest, you tell that to a small brain, like a, not small, but a young brain that is soaking up all of these things um, and not set in their own ways, like someone who's older. It's amazing. So I, it just blows my mind that this kind of stuff is not taught more often to younger people for sure. Yeah. 
And I mean, now I'll be able to, my future children will definitely not have the excuses yeah. that I had, but these conversations need to be had more. Thank you so much, Liz, yeah. for joining me today. Again, guys, check out her website, which is linked below and you can find out all about working more with her. If you want to get your money right in 2022. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.